I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. G'day, welcome. Thanks for being here. This is Better Than Yesterday. Thanks for being a part of the show. This is a podcast that's making it better every single episode since 2013. Learning something through a conversation with somebody that's been through it before. That's what I'm here to do. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'm here. Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays with a guest, Fridays with you. There's over 500 guests, 500 interviews that you can get stuck into on a Monday and on Fridays. Like today, I just kind of talk about what's going on in my head and um, how getting through some tricky, difficult times if they're existing or how I'm dealing with times that aren't so great. Are great, I should say. Uh, Because when I first got sick, uh, I didn't hear those kind of conversations and I thought it was important to be able to hear them because when I heard them, it made me feel better. My name's Osher Ginsberg. I'm a uh, podcaster. I'm a TV host. I'm uh, an author. I'm currently sitting in a hotel room in Tokyo in Japan which is freaking incredible, but I'll, I'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, this week on month, it's Movember. We're almost at Movember, by the way, just FYI. Uh, next week is Halloween, so get it together. <laughs> Make sure you go get some snacks. We're almost at Movember, and to celebrate uh, Movember, we had Dr. Zach Seidler on the show on Monday. He's the global director of uh, research at um, Movember. And uh, he and I touched on something which has really got me thinking, something which was able to help me even when I was at my darkest. If you, if you don't know my story, there was a period of my life where I got actually quite sick and I had episodes of psychosis and I was, you know, episodes of suicidality. It was, it was not fun. But this thing that we talked about is something that really helped me, not just the medication. This thing really helped me. Zach and I talked about how important a sense of purpose is when it comes to being healthy and staying healthy. It does seem silly to say it out loud, but of course it's important. Imagine any machine that you can think of. That machine could be your blender. It could be your lawnmower, whatever. That machine was designed because a problem needed solving. But what happens to that machine when you just leave it on and give it no problems to solve? 
usually that machine will burn out or break or run too fast until it breaks. Or if it's a moving machine, it, it could hurt or even kill people. I mean, a high-powered speedboat with a two humongous outboard engines and a captain that's piloting across the bay, like, fine, there's someone at the wheel. Take that same high-powered speedboat with those two same humongous outboards, but no captain? That's a terrifying death machine that's out to destroy and chop up everything that's in its path. And I kind of feel, I kind of believe that people are the same. We are the most highly powered, most intelligent, most incredibly useful machines on the planet. And if we don't have a problem to solve or a job to do, well, that's where things get dangerous. What's the most dangerous man you can think of? A lonely man with way too much time on his hands. And it's, it's not just men, right? A very, a very wise person once told me, as long as you've got something to do and someone to do it for, you're going to be okay. Have a think about it. What does it feel like when you've got nothing to do? And bear in mind, having a rest is something that is very important to do. I mean, actually nothing to do. I detest having nothing to do. I actually can't remember the last time that I had nothing to do, probably because it feels so actually icky when it happens. As a kid, I remember having that feeling. In the olden days, or a long time ago, before phones, before the internet, when you got what you were given on television and you couldn't even mute the ads, all right, is that summer holiday feeling of nothing to do. Our parents split up in the mid-80s and mum had to work the whole time, so we were just at home with nothing to do. Now, of course, you and I both remember that our parents would always say, if you want something to do, you could clean your room. But we all know that never happened. In fact, when I briefly worked at McDonald's um, and I clocked that, if you've got time to lean, you've got time to clean sign, I was like, yep, this job's not for me. (laughs) I didn't want to clean my room and I didn't want to do anything else. I'd just sit there sweating into my fat folds while the Queensland summer crickets loudly clapped in imaginary fast bowlers all day long. It's a great sound. But that same kind of really deadening feeling of having nothing to do or not being able to do anything that really visited me again when I was unemployed. And that's when things got really bad because I was a young adult now. It was mixed in with a a shame and a hopelessness because I was unemployed and because I had nothing to do. And that shame and hopelessness, the, the worse it got, the harder it became to escape, kind of like a free diver trying to get the big lobster right down under the big rock. No, the bigger one off the edge of the shelf. No, further down, that one down there. So you, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I have. It's really interesting when it happens. There's a depth that you can swim below when the water pressure compresses your lungs to a point where they no longer displace enough to keep you buoyant and you just keep sinking. It's not that far down. It's why free diving is so incredibly, incredibly dangerous because once you get past that point, you actually have to kick to get yourself back to the surface. When I was unemployed, I didn't realize that at that point in my life, I'd already passed the point of being able to float up to the surface by myself. And by the grace of God or Buddha or Prince or whoever it was that was looking over me, someone noticed and I eventually wound up as an outpatient at a public health psychiatric clinic, but that's that's another story. But whenever I've been in those particularly low points, having something to do and someone to do it for was incredibly powerful when it came time to kick back up to where I could breathe again. 
Now, the something to do starts with go and see my psychologist today. And the person that you're doing it for can be you. But it can also be your partner, your parents, or the bus driver on the Chapel Hill 303 who's probably called Scott or something. And I'm going to see him again that day. And on, on, on the way to the psych, Scott kind of weirded out because at that point I was getting pretty strange and pretty mumbly and didn't make much eye contact. So do it for Scott. Do it for the bus driver if you've got to do it. And sure enough, day by day, week by week, things start to feel better because you're now having a bit of agency about your day because to get to my psychologist, the amount of organization it would take to pick out a t-shirt, get to the bus stop on time, that is equivalent to the moon landing when you're not doing well, all right? Just the practice of it starts to build up resilience to a place where you're soon able to make eye contact again. You might even smile. It seems like a no-brainer if you're listening to this with a healthy head, but I promise you there was moments where I couldn't do it. And still, there's, if I'm not doing great, if I'm not having a great time, there's moments where I can't do it. It's very difficult. That's how Audrey notices what I'm doing well and when I don't make eye contact. Now, once you get to the place where you are able to get out of the house a bit, being able to do something for someone that isn't you, well, that begins to unleash a greater sense of belonging that you otherwise might not have had access to. And soon enough, those lungs get quite full and you start to shoot up to the surface because you're connecting yourself to the rest of the community. We're social creatures. It's vital that we are able to feel like we have our part to play. Now, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm currently sitting in a part of the world where this is embedded into the culture of the entire country. I'm recording this in Japan. This is a country that if you've never been to, I highly recommend it. It's my third time here. Uh, my first time alone though. Um, I've always come with family. And even though it's my third time here, I am just so struck with the sense of greater purpose to the community that is a part of life here. I grew up in Brisbane in Australia. It's not as individualist as America, but it's not far off. We're a very individualist society. Uh, we are very much all backup singers in Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, which is a great band. I played that to Audrey the other day. Here, it is very much a collectivist mentality. Uh, these people, the Japanese, invented, I'm wearing a mask so you don't get sick. You know, this concept that had us all flawed during COVID. This community also has an immense sense of purpose, mainly for each other. Not for the state, as far as I can gather. It's not quite like some other countries where it's for the state. It, it's for each other. And it's the thing you notice about people's work ethic. When you see it face to face, when I was here last time, I was here with Audrey in Georgia. And we were just catching a regular suburban subway, right? And the guard at the back of the train, uh, we were waiting for the next train. The trains really do come on time. They come within seconds of their allotted minute, right? The guard at the back of the train saluted a full platform of people as the train before ours pulled away. And a look on his face gave me goosebumps and Audrey just started crying because she had never seen that much pride and honour in someone who has a job like that, you know, I'm sure you can appreciate it. I don't know if you're a train driver and you're listening to this, but in Australia, you know, oh, I've got a fucking another shift on the fucking trains, you know, pushing punters around all day, just a hundred meat bag, right? Here, the look on his face says, I'm taking 400 people home to their families and I will get them there safely. Like it was just immense sense of pride. 
And it was amazing. And there's a word for it here. It's, it's, I'm probably going to mispronounce it ever, all of these, right? The word is wa. In English, it's spelled W-A. It's like one of the most fundamental concepts in Japanese culture. Wa, it means, it means harmony. And it really comes, it permeates so many aspects of, of the life of the Japanese people in that they will often prioritize the group consensus over their individual desire to maintain that wa, uh, which also goes hand in hand with two other things. One, giri, in English it's G-I-R-I, and that is this kind of, this idea of a social obligation or a duty that requires individuals to um, repay a kindness to or fulfill their social expectation to the community, even if it means putting you at an inconvenience. And if I know anything about getting sober, being of service to others is a really important part of getting sober. And um, I was always told by my sponsor, he said, if it's convenient, it doesn't count. When you be of service to someone else, you've got to go out of your way to do it. And it, you've got to feel like, oh, but as soon as you start doing it, you feel better. And that really blew my mind. And there's one more, which I know you know what it is, but it's called um, Isho Kenmei which uh, means to do one's best or um, do something with the utmost determination. In Australia, give it stacks. And when you put those three things together, you've got people who realize that they are not alone and they need everybody else to survive in that the person who brings us food, the person who cleans our water, the person who makes sure the toilet works, the person who makes sure the lights stay on. And, you know, I do this for you, you do this for me. Like if we don't, then I'm not essentially. And you give it everything for everybody. And that's a long way of kind of talking about purpose and why it's so important. And ask, I guess, have you ever thought about the purpose that you have? Your purpose at work, your purpose in your home life. I thought about this a fair bit um, and I've spoken about it before. I like to distill it down to like as, as, as a purest, purest kind of most hardcore piece of cordial at the bottom of the glass. What is the thing I'm here to do? My job is to make people feel less alone. That is my job. Five words, make people feel less alone. Five words, that's my job. Now I can do that through a podcast. I can do that through screaming, take it off at a giant hamburger. I can do that on a show counting flowers in a whispery voice. And I'm doing it right now here in Japan, hopefully making people who are thinking about, about buying an electric car or getting involved in uh, electric mobility, making them feel less alone because I'm not a regular auto journalist. I'm just a guy who drives his family around and I've been driving electric vehicles for a long time. And I'm just here to make people feel less alone about this choice they're making when it comes to getting their family around. And that's that's what I'm doing. I'm about to actually go downstairs and, and, and drive a new one now, which semi-autonomous driving. It's really exciting. I really like the Nissan cars. They're really fun. So that's my job at work. And I, look, I have a great job. I have an amazing job. I get paid well. I have dressing rooms. I have catering. I literally have someone who's paid to comb my hair. That's not even made up. But there's also 16-hour days. And there's also weeks and weeks away from my family. And I don't have to tell you, there's no amount of money that can have you be present when you need to be there for your kid, when you need to be there for your partner, when they're having a hard day and you're not able to support them. Like there's no money that can make that happen and make it better. You cannot buy time back. And so what's the purpose that keeps me able to do my job and helps me get on with my day when I'm, like this morning, I was off the phone with Audrey because 
you know, I go away. And of course, that's when Wolfie's cough gets so bad, he can't go to daycare. And now Audrey has to swap her shift out at work and he's at home and nothing gets done. And when I hang up the phone, I'm on the other side of the world. Like, how do I get on through my day and not get my mind caught in, you know, what's going on while Audrey's holding the fort? And that's here to provide for my family. Like, this is a job. Nissen are paying me to be here. And these things really, really help me, really help me not wanting to drive to the airport and get on a plane and go home. You know, because I know being here doing this will help bring money to our family. So, you know, we'll be able to not have to move house, <laughs> essentially. Having a purpose that's outside of you is really important. It started for me. And then it, the more it's outside of me, it really helps me because for me, uh, humility is really, really the key to getting my ego out of the way and getting me first in the gimme gimmies to just stay being a cover band. So I guess what I'd ask is, have you thought about your purpose? You can just think of a work one and a home one or a personal one and a home one. You know, what's yours, yourself one? Like I'm, I'm here to become the best version of myself I can be. I'm here to transcend the bullshit that I grew up with and here to become a better version of myself every day, which is what this podcast is all about. I'm here to create, I don't know, a way to be able to make the perfect poached egg. I don't care. What's your purpose? Have a think about it. It can change. You can have a few, but it's really important because having a purpose is like having a horizon to swim towards. It's like the North Star. It is the pre-programmed GPS when you get in the car and turn it on. Like no matter where you're going, it's kind of generally in that direction. And that gives you a real sense of, of agency and, and freedom. And it just makes things feel better. And it's really important. So have a think about it. Let me know. I'd love to know. You know I've told you mine. You can find me on Instagram. We've got a new one for the podcast. It's OG better than yesterday. I'll put it in the show notes. So just DM me there. I'd love to see. Also, I'd love to see what you're looking at right now. What are you looking at? Take a photo with your phone. If you haven't heard that Dr. Zach Seidler episode, it's really quite good. And I'm, I'm really grateful that he came on the show because we talk about some pretty cool shit. On Monday's episode, Peter Garrett is coming on. Peter Garrett is the episode that we recorded at South by Southwest and it was fucking awesome. It's really, really good. And of course, Peter Garrett's amazing, right? But it's extraordinary. And I'm, I'm so happy we managed to make it happen. And I'm grateful I can play it for you because uh, it was a really good chat. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being a part of it. Thank you, Andy Ma, who did audio and video post on this. Abby Benno, who produced it. Toe Hyder, who made the music. Uh, get on his Patreon. He's um, doing 12 EPs in 12 months again. He needs your support. He's a great musician. Get on it. Uh, and of course, Ben Richardson, who's uh, the partner in all things here. I'll see you on Monday. Arigato gozaimasu. Thank you very much. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.